It's Tuesday, January twenty sixth. Welcome to a new episode of Bazaar. I'm your host Sid, and joining me today in the studio is Rishab Khanna. Happy Republic Day, Rishab. Yeah, I said that. Happy Republic Day to you and all the listeners. And it's great to have you on the show again because uh, we have another IPO this week. Uh, we are we are going to cover Stovecraft Limited, which manufactures and sells kitchen appliances like cooktops. Pressure cookers, mixers, coffee machines, and everyday kitchen objects, and you know, just looking back, what a month this has been, right? We uh, started the month with IRFC coming out with its IPO, and then Indigo Paints came out, Home First Finance, and now it's Stovecraft, and we have a few more IPOs in the pipeline. Like I think Railtel is also coming out with an IPO soon. So the date is not known at this point, but. it's it's been a flurry of ipos in this month and every company is using the rise in the market to its advantage to you know raise funds and talking about stovecraft at the time of recording stovecraft was subscribed by 99% so it is not yet fully subscribed but in the retail segment it was oversubscribed by 5.37 times so that tells you that you know the retail sector is always buzzing when a uh, ipo is out you know they they don't seem to be swayed by the union budget which is around the corner which normally injects a touch of volatility in the market so whenever a budget comes out you know historically we've seen that the markets are very volatile and that can actually affect the returns that you get from the ipo so so uh, talking about stovecraft rishab how much money is the company raising through the ipo and how are they going to deploy that money Uh, so Siddharth, the issue is of four hundred thirteen crores. Now this includes a fresh issue of ninety five crores, and the rest is an offer for sale. And the company has also raised around one eighty five crores. That is from thirty two anchor investors. Now just to keep a point in mind, the maximum allocation of an anchor investor in this IPO is only ten percent. So uh, an entity has only invested around eighteen point five crores at a max in this IPO. now regarding what the issue is going to be used for the issue is mainly going to be used for repayment of borrowings that the company has and the remaining part is going to be used for general corporate purposes and so that just to answer your question where the re- retail segment was subscribed by 5.37 times this is mainly on account of low percentage being allocated to the retail investors so that is why we kind of see a very large amount of application that is 5.37 times till now and you know we'll we'll talk about the borrowings that the company has in detail in the financials segment of the show because they have a lot of debt on the books right i mean the debt to equity ratio is pretty high and the promoters are cashing out most of it is off of a sale so sequoia capital which has backed this company is cashing out a substantial portion of their holdings in the company but a good thing to note here is that you know the founder which is uh, rajendra gandhi is selling only a small stake so i think you know it's always good to know that whenever an ipo is coming out and the promoters are selling their stake and the founder the person who actually you know built the company from the ground up is not selling that much of an stake in the company and has the majority holding even after the ipo that's something i like to see in a founder and in the promoters so that's a positive side and uh, an interesting point to note here is while january might have not been a very great month for investors it certainly has been a very good month for sequoia capital they have they are going to have two successful exits one is in indigo paints and one as you have said in this issue 
the offer price is pretty high in my opinion and at that point i think it will be a very sweet exit for sequoia so the party is on at sequoia at this point but anyways you know bouncing back to the the company at hand so you were researching about the history of the company uh, did you find anything interesting like particularly interesting about the history of the company so that compared to its peers the company is comparatively new it was formed in the year 1999 by rajendra gandhi previously it used to function since the year 1994 where they used to manufacture kerosene wick stoves and by the year 1997 they were the largest manufacturers of them in the year 1999 they decided to form a company which was mainly used for oem manufacturing for brands such as bpl and enalsa they primarily have three main brands through which they operate one is pigeon which a lot of people would be aware of they also have gilma and they have also entered into a partnership with back and decker in the year 2017 to be its official license partner in india they have two manufacturing facilities which have a substantial capacity which we'll kind of discuss in the strengths and weaknesses segment in the further part of the podcast yeah a lot of people are confusing the black and decker as a brand of uh, stovecraft but it's actually a licensing agreement that they've entered in and it's it's basically operating as a franchisee i think but uh, <laughs> while i was researching for the show for the first time in my life i actually looked at the kitchen appliances that we have at home so you know i was going through the pressure cookers and the mixers and grinders at home and what i found out was that you know most of these products were unbranded i i could not find a lot of branded products in the kitchen i did find one pressure cooker which which was of prestige and a mixer which was of bajaj i think but a lot of products were unbranded and that's how the market is right i mean the kitchen appliance market in india is is largely unorganized there are a lot of local manufacturers and sellers and even if we look at the organized segment there are very few organized players like ttk prestige hawkins bajaj electricals philips and stovecraft is one of them but the organized players are very limited in india so even when i was re- reading the prospectus the growth in the industry does not look very spectacular like it's it's not something which would light the world on fire but it is expected to grow at high single digits and i do feel that you know organized players uh, will benefit in the long run from this expansion what do you think so siddharth see to what lens we go to do research for this company we finally entered our kitchens our mother should be very proud of us <laughs> <laughs> coming back to the segment in which the company operates it it is predominantly the cooking appliance and the kitchenware segment now as we have already mentioned that the cooking ware and the kitchen appliance segment is dominated by a lot of uh, unorganized players and a few organized players the organized players in this segment are ttk prestige hawkins gandhimati appliances which operate under the brand name butterfly the segment in itself is currently at 184.5 billion and is expected to increase to around 238 billion by 2022 now this comes at a cagr of around 10% hmm. coming to the coming to the geographical mix of the market the southern region of the country contributes the highest at 35% this is followed by the western region and the eastern region contributes the least now the market can further be subdivided into two segments one is the large cooking appliance market and one is the small cooking appliance market now discussing the large cooking appliance market this includes appliances like kitchen chimneys cooktops this is expected to grow at around 6% cagr and is expected to reach around 140 billion rupees by 2022 
the remaining 100 billion is expected to be contributed by small cooking appliances now these small cooking appliances are appliances like pressure cookers mixers food processors coffee makers hmm so 6% cagr for the large cooking appliance market and around 7 to 8% cagr for the small appliance cooking market so i mean that's not spectacular growth like i mentioned but uh, you know there are certain niches or sub segments within these sectors which are going to witness a uh, good growth i mean better than what we are seeing at a macro level so one such segment which comes out is the cooker hoods or kitchen chimneys which is being adopted increasingly by indian households so in a normal middle class household you normally you know you will not find a kitchen chimney like you'll normally find a kitchen stove but you'll not find a chimney like there's no dedicated chimney but what's happening is with the increased urbanization and you know greater disposable income the upper middle class is surely moving and they're buying you know dedicated chimneys for their kitchens so that segment is expected to grow like in the high single digits then there's the non-stick cookware market which is expected to grow by 16.8% cagr up to 2025 so 16.8% is really good growth i mean a lot of people are buying non-stick cookware that that's a big market and like you mentioned in the small appliance segment coffee makers are also seeing an increase in their sales volume so a lot of people like this was not you know you'll never find a coffee maker in an indian household like if you went 15 or 20 years back no one had a coffee maker in the house but now when we are seeing uh, the western culture and you know slowly that is catching on in india a lot of people are dedicatedly buying coffee makers so that is also a segment which is going to see a lot of increase in volume going forward so all in all i think from a macro level the growth is steady but certain niches certain sub segments are going to grow at a very good level and if the companies which are established in the industry they can you know target these high growth sectors then i think it's a, it's a positive thing for them and i think that's where they would be looking to invest going forward so moving on you know we we try to gauge the company through certain parameters so the first one is competition and competitive advantage so seeing the company through that lens what sort of competition are you seeing in the kitchen appliance market so siddhar to understand the competition and who is the leader in the segment we'll kind of have to further deep down into the segments so as we have already stated the market is bifurcated into large cooking appliances and small cooking appliances now further looking into the large cooking appliance market the market is divided into four categories that is cooktops free standing hobs built in hobs and cooker hoods now cooker hoods are normally chimneys cooktops and free standing hobs are the gas stoves that we predominantly have in our households which can be taken from one place to another built in hobs are gas stoves which are permanently fitted into a place now deep diving into these categories provides us with who the market leader is in this segment now stovecraft through its brand pigeon gilma and black and decker has a 25% market share in cooktops and freestanding hobs so these are the gas stoves that we have at our homes mm Faber is the market leader in built-in hobs and cooker hoods with around 23% market share. So here you can see Stovecraft has a majority market share in the cooktop segment. So moving on to the small cooking appliance market. Now this market is fragmented into a lot of subcategories. However, the maximum revenue is contributed by pressure cookers, non-stick cookware, 
and mixer grinders now under the pressure cooker segment ttk prestige has the maximum market share which is around 50% now this is an interesting thing because until 1980s indians would not buy pressure cookers because they had a lot of safety issues and all so these companies like ttk prestige and hawkins came up with innovations in these categories which has led to an increased demand for this product and ttk prestige rightfully deserves the 50% market share that it already has Mm, and I, I think you were telling me about some catchy phrase line that they came up with, right, to sell their uh, pressure cookers. Indeed, they had a very catchy tagline, which was "Jo BV se kare pyar, wo prestige se kaise kare inkar." So this was so this was kind of relating a wife's love to the prestige pressure cooker. Nice. Uh, moving on to the next category, which was the mixer grinder market. Now, this is dominated by Bajaj with around 21.1% market share. Here, Stovecraft has presence, but that is only around 2.5 to 2.7%. So, not a big player here. Moving on to the third largest category, which is the non-stick cookware market. Now, this is the category, as you have already mentioned, is growing at a rapid pace at around 17%. And surprisingly, TTK Prestige has around 58% market share here. Stovecraft also has a decent market share, but it is at nineteen percent. So, out of every two non-stick cookware that is sold in India, one is supplied by TTK Prestige. Impressive, impressive, and it's like three times the size of like in in terms of market share, it has three times the market share of Stovecraft. So, it is far ahead of Stovecraft in that segment. Further, the market also has subcategories like electric rice cookers. coffee makers juice extractors in which bajaj and panasonic have the maximum market share like we mentioned at the start of the show there are not a lot of big organized players in this segment i mean they they are big but it's it's very like limited number of players in the organized segment and just to recap what rishabh mentioned here so ttk prestige is leading in the pressure cookers and the non stick appliances market then you have like just to name a few organized players bajaj electric leads in appliances like electric kettles coffee makers mixers grinders then you have the large kitchen appliances like cooktops and kitchen chimneys in that stovecraft is the market leader in cooktops and free standing hobs which are basically the same thing it's a it's a kitchen stove so that is where stovecraft has a predominant market share in that category but apart from that category stovecraft is really very far behind in all the small kitchen appliances so you know that's how the market is fragmented and like i i remember you were talking about this there is also something known as a built in hob which is basically a stove that is built in your kitchen like you you can't even move it and uh, i think you can find that in most houses in south bombay because only those people <laughs> can uh, afford that also i think kitchen chimneys is something you will find in south bombay so faber is the leader both in uh, built in hobs and kitchen chimneys a segment which is growing at a very fast pace and i think the average price at which a kitchen chimney sells is also pretty high so that's a good market to be in but you know stovecraft doesn't have a lot of market share in built in hobs and kitchen chimneys at this moment something i think they should set their sights on keeping that in mind even you know circling back again to the competitive advantage that we like to see in a company from a like macro perspective what do you think is the competitive advantage of stovecraft in the long run the biggest advantage that the company has as we have already discussed in the peer analysis is its dominance in the large cooking appliance market it commands a very good market share in the cooktops and the freestanding hobs market 
it has very well established brand names like pigeon and gilma so these have been in the indian market since the last 20 years so that is what that favors the company another thing that is seen in this segment is these companies have a lot of demand and they have to outsource some part of its facility to a third party vendor now for the industry it is around 70% in our 30% outsourced but for stovecraft it is at 77% this gives them a better control over their products now another interesting aspect of this industry is the distribution of the products a lot of di- uh, distribution happens through retail channels so distribution is very important for getting the products into the market the company has shown tremendous growth in its distributor count now just to give you some numbers from september 19 to september 20 the distributors have increased by 51% and the outlets have increased by 19% to 45000 now this is a very large number if you compare it on a year to year basis and this is something which is very important for for the industry as around 50 to 70% of the volume comes from these channels so within a span of just one year you're telling me that they have increased their distributors by 51% and exactly just after that increase they are bringing out an ipo so <laughs> we'll I get mean, to it we'll get to it <laughs> yeah i mean just something to think about and what do you think are the like okay we've spoken about like you've told me about the competitive advantage but what do you think are certain disadvantages or drawbacks about this business model that stovecraft operates now this is where things get bad for the company one of the major disadvantage that the company has is as i've already said around 80% of its revenue comes from the pigeon brand now just imagine that brand is under litigation any verdict that goes against the company will prevent it from using the brand name that it has created over the last 20 years so now this is a major drawback another major disadvantage is the company is very much focused in the southern part of country although the southern part of the country contributes 35% of the total industry the company has a concentration of around 60% now while you can say this is better than companies like gandhimati appliances which manufactures butterfly which is at 90% this is still a significant market share which is concentrated to one part of the country hmm. another interesting point of this company is as we have already discussed the company has two manufacturing facilities one is in bangalore and one is in himachal pradesh however the capacity utilization for these manufacturing facilities is abysmally low now you're seeing at capacity utilization at around 50% while you compare it with competitors like ttk prestige who recently said that they were not able to fulfill orders because they were operating at 100% capacity utilization so some capex decisions have not worked for the company the company is still operating at around 50% capacity another serious issue that we are kind of have to focus here is on the governance part by governance i mean the director of the company may have to leave the directorship of stovecraft if an order of nclt passes against him so the company has proceedings which have gone to nclt level where the company has not filed returns for a specific company in which the direct- director was part of the board now this would be a serious governance issue if it happens and the nclt passes an order restricting the director from continuing on the board yeah i mean the director the main guy who is running the company if he is not there at the helm to oversee the operations i think that would be a very big blow for the company also the pigeon litigation that is underway any any adverse news that we hear on that front also could you know adversely affect the stock price i mean obviously the company in the long run but if you're a retail investor who is looking at this company from a very short term perspective any news on these two things they would really hurt the stock price but what worries me the most is the capacity utilization so like you mentioned the company is operating at a capacity utilization of less than 
which is very bad i mean i think it it explains in part of why the balance sheet is not in the best of shapes so it has a ton of borrowed money on its balance sheet and you know you you need to borrow money when you're building a facility when you're ex- expanding your factories you need to borrow money but if you're not operating at a 80 to 90% utilization that means you're not making enough units right and if you're not making enough units then how are you going to get a return on your investment so it's it's like a vicious cycle and if you're not operating at a good capacity utilization it's going to hurt your business and that's what we're seeing in the financials of the company like we'll talk about this but i think you can you know link everything to the capacity utilization levels and uh, uh, completely agree with you sadati their capex decisions have not worked out very well from them and that is what we can see from their capacity utilization and you know we are fans of good capital allocation i mean we like to see promoters who use their money in the best possible way but seeing a subpar capacity utilization opens a lot of problems in the business and <laughs> i mean if you're operating at 50% capacity utilization why not go for contract manufacturing then that is a better option in my opinion and like you mentioned one more drawback is that they don't enjoy a pan india brand recognition i mean most of their sales 60% comes from south india so that's a lot of concentration from just one geography and let's say tomorrow if another company gains a lot of market share in south india they would have nowhere else to go that is also something that we don't like to see in a company you know customer concentration or geographical concentration and the positive really if you were to ask me you know what's the positive that i see is basically that the company is the market leader in two really big sectors of the kitchen appliance market and and it does look like you know it will not lose that market share very easily so it's it looks like a steady market share that it has in this uh, category and also the company is expanding into a few premium segments like coffee makers through its black and decker brand and it's also i think coming out with its led light bulbs through its pigeon brand which i think is a completely unrelated business and we don't know how profitable that's going to be but these are two or three points that i think are positive for the company but apart from that we'll also see in our next parameter which is financials which are not really looking very good for the company so how would you rate the company based on the financials rishab so while sadat the disadvantages were bad here is where things get worse the financials of the company are not good as you have mentioned so just to give you some parameters the company was not able to achieve profitability till 2018 that is around 19 years after its commenced operations so the company achieved a profitability only in the year 2018 19 the company has a very large amount of debt on the book the shareholder funds are negative so the company does not have enough reserves so that we even we can calculate a debt to equity ratio Hmm. and this is where things get very absurd so the eps if you compare with the financial year 2019 was around 1.28 now if you compare that with the 6 months from uh, 1st april 2020 to 30 september 2020 the eps was at staggering 11 rupees now how did they achieve this if we deep dive into it we kind of find out that the revenue has only increased by 4% however the company has achieved cost cuttings they have cut back on their advertising expenses they have cut back on their traveling expenses they have even cut back on their employee cost now these cost reduction measures are somewhat temporary in nature 
you can't expect the company to sustain with it because somewhere in the future they kind of have to do advertising and marketing they'll have to incur travel expenses they'll have to incur employee benefit expenses now this has led to a staggering increase in its cps as i've already mentioned it has increased from 1.28 on an annual basis to 11 rupees on a six monthly basis now this is something which is very absurd like i mentioned before the point where you mentioned that they witnessed a 51% increase in their distribution count again you know this increase in the eps just before bringing out an ipo i i really don't think that you know it could be a coincidence we, we cannot you know say anything about what's happening in the company obviously because we are not in a position to do so but seeing these two facts i can you know say that it's not a coincidence and obviously you know this profit 11 point like the eps of 11 is not sustainable in the long run because uh, if you see the company has not made a profit since inception till the year 2018 and it has a negative net worth even when they have brought out an ipo it's still a negative net worth so as a value investor i would never put my money in a company which has a negative net worth and if you look at the margins i mean if you look at the return ratios the net profit margin in the year 2019 and 2020 is less than 1% so even after being a market leader in two big segments in the kitchen market kitchen appliance market it's it's still not able to make a profit so something is going terribly wrong in the management of the company i i don't know how efficiently it's being run the capacity levels are very low there's a lot of debt on the balance sheet then you have litigations that are going on the debt to equity ratio we can't even compute because there is no positive equity for us to compute a debt to equity so they have more than 300 crores as borrowings you know long and short term combined together i mean in my opinion they should have raised more money through a fresh issue to you know sort of prepay that debt on the books and yeah i mean they cannot sustain at such low levels of expenses like they've displayed in the first half of financial year 21 so all in all i don't think the financials look up to the mark i mean any investor who wants to invest for the long term these in financials would not be very impressive and uh, even after that fact i mean the company is being valued very very richly isn't it to answer this question the company is no match if you compare it with uh, the valuation of somewhat like a ttk prestige or hawkins which have proven their metal they trade at around 44 times their pe now if you take in the average pe that the company is able to achieve which was around 1.2 the company is valued at around 300 times of its pe now this the only comparison that we can do is we can do it with gandhi mathi appliances which manufactures butterfly which kind of trades at 270 times its pe while the company has been able to achieve an eps of 11 we know that it is not sustainable so if we factor in an eps of around uh, 20 for the whole financial year the company trades close to what uh, gandhi mathi appliance trades now here you can see a pattern the company knew that they cannot compete with peers like prestige and uh, hawkins so they have kind of taken the third largest company which was a uh, gandhi mathi appliances and they have kind of tried to match the valuations with somewhat a uh, premium that uh, gandhi mathi is commanding yeah i mean it's very richly valued 300 like i mean a pe of 300 for a kitchen appliance company it's more richly valued than a tech company so exactly <laughs> and, and the net worth is negative the margin is less than 1% i don't see 
any way that it could capture the entire indian market in the next 5 years and you know compete with the likes of ttk prestige so a very sweet exit for sequoia definitely i mean uh, you know they would be making a lot of money through this exit at the valuation at which i mean e- even at the the issue price is it's valued at 300 times so if imagine at the listing date it goes up by 50 60% i don't know what's the gray market premium it would be valued at an insanely rich price i mean the pe would go up to 400 or 500 times i'm not surprised because at this point in time i i believe that you know anything can happen i mean the market that we are in currently right now you know cryptocurrencies hitting new highs markets are closing they've already touched 50000 so it's it's you know everyone is greedy the retail investors are greedy at this point and i i do believe that stovecraft can command this premium i mean 300 times its p and still you know on the listing day still gain some still deliver listing gains to the retail investors what do you think uh, rishab what you know to close this episode out what would be your recommendation and tell me something about the gray market premiums as well what the company commands at this point as we have already discussed the increase the substantial increase in the number of outlets the substantial increase in the number of distributors the absurd eps at around 11 that the company was able to achieve points to something fishy maybe this could be somewhat an opportunistic move by the promoters to kind of correctly price their ipo Uh, moving on to my recommendation this company is like going into a fancy restaurant ordering some very high five food and then coming out and saying ki kya khaya uh, <laughs> so while there are better players in the market you can see at prestige you can see at uh, hawkins why would an investor would like to go for this company coming to the gray market premium the company does not command a substantial gray market premium so my recommendation would be to kind of avoid this issue from a listing gains point of view also and from a long term point of view also because the company has not proved anything substantial for the last 20 21 years it has been in existence i agree with your point you know there are better players in the market which are operating at a relatively speaking at a lower pe ratio than what stovecraft is at right now so you would be better suited if you look at those opportunities if you want to get in the kitchen appliance market if you want to have a piece of this market then uh, you know we would suggest you look at those companies instead of stovecraft so like you mentioned the gray market premiums are also not that high so why block your funds in the asba and you know because a lot of other ipos are also coming in the upcoming weeks i think realtel is coming with its ipo so i would like to see the promoters prove us wrong over the long run and uh, get their capacity utilization levels in order sort out everything the litigations the governance issues then the debt on the balance sheet and we would you know i, I would like to see this company perform but the facts are that you know it's far behind ttk prestige hawkins the market leaders and even after being a market leader in two big categories it's still not able to make a profit so i don't know i mean the future we cannot predict what's it going to look like but i would not put my money in this company and i would actually choose a tech company because 300 the pe that it's trading at stovecraft i would be you know i would better put my money in tesla than put my money in stovecraft so uh yeah i think that's it and uh, rishab once again thank you for coming on the show we have another ipo coming up soon do we have another ipo coming up soon this week 
I think so not this week but Realtel is soon to announce its IPO date so that will be most likely after the budget all right so it's going to be a volatile uh, IPO for Realtel I think because it's going to be after the budget but stay tuned we will cover that as well I mean if if we can churn that out we could not cover Indigo and Home First Finance obviously because the IPOs got too crowded up. You know, it was all in one week and we did not get enough time to research about it. But uh, we'll try to cover Railtel and be tuned for that. So thanks, Rishabh. Thank you for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you. The pleasure was all mine. Thanks. All right, guys. That does it for today's edition of Bazaar. People on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell, but don't buy or sell based on what you hear. Do your own research before you take any investing decision. You can reach out to us at thebazaarpodcast at gmail.com or I'll keep my Twitter link and the Instagram links in the description. So, you know, you can just hit us up. Like you can hit me up or Rishabh. We would be, you know, delighted to know what companies or what industries you would like us to cover in the future. And uh, if you have any question as well, like if you have any finance related question, we could answer your question in the show. So you can reach out, you know, feel free to hit us up and, uh, you know, enjoy the upcoming week, make money. We'll see you next week.